Hello, and welcome to the Flynn Skidmore podcast. My goal is to help you become exactly who you want to be. We're here to help you take your biggest, boldest, most beautiful vision for life and turn that vision into reality. Hello, everyone. Today, I am speaking with the ever-inspiring, ever-powerful Kenzie Burke. Kenzie is super influential in the nutrition space. She's also the founder and designer of her clothing line, Brulee. Kenzie's also a former client of mine, and through our work together, we developed an amazing friendship, which you'll hear the energy of that, and you'll hear why we're such good friends. Kenzie's transparency, honesty, boldness is so inspiring to me. I cannot wait for you to hear where this conversation goes and what Kenzie is willing to speak about. She is willing to be honest about things that most people can't even be honest with themselves about. I respect and admire and appreciate that about her so much. I think that is such a valuable thing for her to be offering the world. And I cannot wait for y'all to listen. What are the things that are letting you know that you're showing up the best that you've ever shown up? It's more so an internal feeling of I know when I've, I mean, I know what I want to do, right? I know that, you know, I get into these, when you're in a portal of just so much change and it feels hard and, and like can feel dark at times, I want to like process alone almost, or like you can feel defeated, you know, when you're constantly moving through so many big things and not little things, but like money, friendships, parents, home, those are all like core things that make you feel nurtured and make you feel stable. When all of those things are presenting new timelines for you and you also have businesses to hold, survival mechanisms to meet. Um, you know, it's like also I have people now like on my team and, you know, it just requires a level of myself. And there's like, I've been working so hard for 10 years for this life, which feels like it has joy and there's like love and there's juice and all of that. And so to be in a place where it's like, wow, I still have to put so much in right now. I can just have moments like weeks at a time or a month where it's just like, when? Like, and I can't work harder. You know, I'm working like 15, 16, 17 hour days, you know, and just like giving everything I have to that right now. And so, because I have to in a lot of ways. And like, I do things at the highest capacity possible, which I think is beautiful. It's like something I really admire about myself. But then there's times where it's like, whoa, I like took 18 steps up and now I have to go back and do the steps. You know, mm. like I started a clothing line at a very high level. I live in a house. It's like it's too much for one person with what I'm holding. So I have to like go scale back. So that's always how I've been. I've like walked before I, when I was a baby, I like walked, I never crawled. So I skip these steps. But what was your question? That's really interesting. You know, the same thing for Emily. Emily really? didn't crawl until she knew she could walk and then she walked. And I think her body still has to actually, and I mean this in the most literal sense, like can, can it's the, there's something called developmental kinesiology, where a person goes back through the timeline, the chronology of the development of movement, 
and they train themselves to move efficiently in ways that they might have bypassed in development because um, there's a very clear correlation between how the nervous system and the brain functions and the and the development of certain movements. Um, so I know that one of the things for Emily is like her body needs to learn how to crawl and her mind will probably benefit from the experience of learning how to actually crawl, developing those movement patterns and, and those muscular patterns. Well, you have to. I think like the biggest awakening I'm having right now is I really did think that I could bypass some steps in life. Like I really wholeheartedly believed that. But and I've done it so many times. And every time I do have to go back and do the steps, but right now in my life, it like couldn't be louder of just like, that's not absolutely not going to work. And that's hard too, because I think when you live your life up to a certain standard and it's not like an ego, you know, bash, but it kind of is, it's like, oh, that's not going to work. Like I actually do have to go meet myself where I'm at properly once you've already done things at that kind of level. So it's very interesting. And I think your question was how, like, how do you know you're still showing up? Because I'm, I'm, I'm here, you know, like there is no way out, but through, and I'm, I'm not like giving myself options of like plan B, plan C, plan D. It's like, I know I want this. It's frustrating that it's, it's, you know, taking so much work, but for the first time, I'm not running away. I used to run away. Like mm. I would move out of, I would move because I was running away. I would switch jobs because I was running away. This, it's like, I'm actually sinking into my life and making adjustments from sinking in. So I know I'm showing up because I'm here. Every day I'm here, I'm here for my business. Things are getting done. Things are moving forward. I've had the biggest summer of my life, like in what's been created and all of that. So that's the difference is like not hiding and not running and really just being here. So historically, you've, you've got this pattern that maybe you see in almost every area of your life where you want to bring to fruition, you want to actualize the highest possible version of something immediately. You mm -hmm. want to go from zero to 100 immediately. Mm-hmm. And you see that in a bunch of different areas in your life, like friendships, relationships, business stuff, health mm -hmm. stuff, even. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also the same way. Like I, uh, in college, I, when I was a freshman, I snuck my way, somehow figured out how to get into all the advanced psychology and philosophy and sociology classes. Cause I was just like, no, like, no, I'm not taking introduction to sociology. I'm taking like the creation of the psychotic mind, something like that. And yeah. then I had to work backwards, which sucked. So I, I really resonate with that. And I actually love that about you. And also I appreciate that it's worked. Like you have created things at such a high level. The, 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 my favorite part about the human experience, one of my favorite parts is like, okay, this thing has worked and you are a person who has developed the capacity to do this thing, but is it actually giving you the thing that you were hoping it would give you? Is it, it's creating safety, you're alive, but is it as safe as it could be? And is there a way of going about this that would 
create that would give you even more of what you want or or give you what you were hoping to get as a result of producing such a high at such a high level because what i'm hearing with the with the uh, like escapism before you might have created something at such a high level like there it involves all this intensity and all this work but it didn't give you the thing that you were hoping it would give you. And then what you wanted to do was just run away and do the process all over again with something Yeah, and then else. I would go do something else, but do the same thing, do it up here and then run away. So this time, instead of running away and recreating myself, I'm like, oh, okay, it's time to work backwards a little bit, which is really confronting. It is the ultimate ego death because you're not running from it. You're staying, but now you're working backwards and you're letting go of certain things that I've attached. Like you said, like how I've done things has worked and it works to a certain level, but is it going to work for the next phase of my life and what I want? It's worked for my twenties flying by the seat of my pants, but now I'm at this place where like, you know, my health suffers as a, like my, not my physical health because I take such good care of myself, but like to always, you know, I'm not someone who has like Sundays, you know, I'm not someone who takes vacations, you know, and I haven't been able to, that's like not been the reality of my life. But then there's certain things like I've told myself I need a, I need to be living in a house, you know? So I'm like living in a house and it's like, yes, like you said, this, this house brings me safety and beauty and all of that. And I feel good in the house, but it's also like an ankle weight, with, mm. with two huge companies that require every penny I have right now to scale. So then it's like, well, then I really don't travel. I don't take weekends off. So then it's like, at, am I enjoying the house? Even though I think I like the house. Those are the kind of things that are like really up for grabs right now. And that's where it's like working backwards instead of running away. And it's hard to say oh, I'll, I'll downsize, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy when you've attached certain identities to it. And to your point, it's worked. Like what I've done has worked, but I want to be in like a life of sustainability. I want to be in a life of like relationships and joy and predictability and steadiness and not the space where it's like, if my entire being isn't immersed right now in work, then nothing's going to work. And that's where like the companies are at right now. And it's, yes. it's intense. Yes. So what I, what I just heard you say was like, uh, like joy, groundedness, being those kinds of words, right? Yes. For me, what has been incredibly helpful and freeing and has created so much clarity. And this is something that, you know, we've spoken about, but when, when we unpack what we actually want, we, we tend to, we all, I've actually never seen anything that where this is not the case. We arrive at the internal experience we want to have. I want joy. I want groundedness. I want humor, warmth, peace, fun, all those kinds of things. So all these things that we do build a massive business with like the best aesthetics of all time and have this beautiful home that like kind of signals to the world that you're a baller and you have incredible taste and all that. Like those things are all super valuable and important. And it is also incredibly valuable to practice an awareness of what we're hoping to get as a result of creating those things. So if I want the, I, I did the exact same thing with my home, like 
there were some pragmatic, practical reasons for having as big of a home as I got, but I also wanted to stunt and to be like guy who was perceived as being able to have home this size. And what I've, what I've learned to really do since then is ask myself like, okay, well, if I'm perceived as guy who has home, that's this size, what does that get me? Oh, that gets me recognition and status. Okay. Well, if I know I have status, what does that get me? Blah, 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 blah. I arrive at a place where, oh, if I perceive that I have status, then I get access to groundedness and joy. So what I want is groundedness and joy. And I'm currently using the strategy of getting beyond my means home to access groundedness and joy. Is that the best option available to me? There's no right or wrong. All there is, is effective to produce the internal results I want to produce. And it's funny because like, you can probably relate to this. There's something about going beyond what is current, going far beyond what is currently comfortable so that you f create a high pressure situation for yourself to figure out how to make it comfortable. It accelerates your growth. And so, that is the only way I've done things thus yes, far. Yes. Like you've gone far beyond. Yeah. And that's where it's like, I'm tired, man. Like that's where I say like my health, when I think of like health and vitality, it's like, you know, it's been 10 years of this. So like my body's getting tired. I'm a little woman, you know, and like, I'm getting tired of, of, mm -hmm. of that. And I think something that really stuck out to me, which has been something that I've been, that you said that I've been really thinking about lately is there is that like, yes, like if I have the house and everything looks high level, then, then amazing, then I'm going to feel these things. Right. But I also think there's something about truth that gives you what you want. Like, I think God and the universe knows how to listen to truth. And I think, you know, I create my own suffering in a lot of ways, right? Because like I show the beautiful house and people come over and they record on the podcast and they're like, you're a baller. But it's like, oh, man, I'm like working myself to the bone, you know, and at the end of the month, every month after I pay every business bill and like have to start to do it again, like I don't feel good and I feel nervous and stressed and, um, you know, so it's like, to what degree, like show this whole life, that's really not like the ultimate truth, because I'm not doing it with comfort and ease. Mm. Oh, right? So meaning, meaning, having the things that you have, the, the, the aesthetic, the quality, the level of the life that you have, would signal to the world that you are experiencing an immense amount of comfort and groundedness and ease and relaxation. What you're saying is that the truth of it is that it creates some of that. It maybe especially creates it when you invite someone over for a podcast. Like when I came into your podcast studio, I was like, oh my, okay, like time for me to level the fuck up. This is incredible. So like that might create some of the internal experiences you want. But the question is, is, is it, is, is the truth of my experience that I'm actually experiencing the comfort, the joy, the relaxation that I'm signaling to the world that I'm experiencing? Exactly. Exactly. And I think when you're really aligned in that truth, things line up for you. And, you know, I've been the biggest person on like physically cleansing, like my health is my number one thing. I have cracked the code to the body. Like that's my shtick. I know it. I've cracked the code. I've cleansed the body, the mind, all of that. And, you know, there's, there's, there's like this level of life that's now asking me, like, let's go beyond that. Like, let's look at like finances and living and that kind of stuff. Because 
you know, if it's anything like the human body, like I've figured out, then like there has to be a cleansing of that too. And not to say that like, I don't like, I want multiple homes. I want huge homes. I want acres. I want all of that. But it's like to get to that, just like with a body result, you know, like I I want like a lean ripped body. I feel amazing when I have that. But to get to that, like I had to make some choices at first to align myself with that body. Now I just naturally live in that body. So I'm kind of starting to look at my like ways of living and my finances of like, even if the money's there to have the house, because I live in this house. So like, it's there to have this house. But how can I almost like purge that to be in a state of health with finances, with living, to then be able to rise to meet the house when Uh, the time comes. Okay. 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 So the way that I'm framing this as I listen to you is um, there's an energy in you. There's an energy that you've practiced that has been habituated, especially as it relates in the, or as it um, applied to the domain of finances. Uh, So you've got all these different environments that make up you, your actual physiological environment called your body. There's your the environment of your psyche, which is your mind and, and your awareness of all the parts inside of you and thoughts and memories and all that. There's friendship environments, there's financial environments, there's all these different environments. environments. And not only are these different environments, I think that the thing that's actually hap- happening is the practice of particular energies in those environments. So if a person is practicing the energy of shame in their body habitually over time, their body will be an expression of shame. It will look like shame. Same thing with the psyche, same thing with friendships, same thing with money. What I hear you saying is like, you've got it down with your body. You're good with your mind. Like you've got high level practices and practices and processes for those things. The area where it's been difficult for you to tap into and practice the energy that you actually want to practice is with money. And so what it requires is like a purging, a throwing up of the energies that you have habitually practiced, and then the inviting in of a new energy to practice with money. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that, you know, I've had like a deep journey of self that's been my journey, me, myself, how do I feel, my body, my this, my life, my that. There is definitely a timeline that's like love, you know, and connectedness and partnership and like that. I know that that's kind of next and like sexuality and all of that. And I think money and love to me are very kind of tied in a bow energetically. Those are like the two that it's like, and I've known my whole early 20s. And I would always say like, I'm going to get to a place where I'm going to have to like dive into that. And then those things are going to be my superpower. Like I will end up teaching those things and I know it, you know, and I, I meet people sometimes who are like ahead of me on this life path, but in this journey and they're like, oh man, when you start talking about sex, like the world watch out. So I know that that's coming and like, it's, it's starting to come in. And so like the first phase of that I do feel is like this money thing. And it's like, Like I said, even if the money's there, I skip steps, right? So I can keep doing this for as long as I want, but I know in my heart I've skipped steps and I have to go crawl so that I can walk 
so that I can really have these abund- this abundant life that I want. I can't, yes. that's what's hit me this past month is that I'm not going to be able to, I can't bypass, just like I couldn't bypass my body results, my mind results, my family stuff. Like I can't bypass it, even though I like to think every single time I can. So now I'm at this place of life where I'm like, shit, I got to go back and do those steps. Because if you're really being honest with yourself, the skipping of the steps hasn't, it's produced results but you know there are better results available and you want those things. You want access to that joy or that love and you know that the way to access that. It's not sustainable. Yes, it's not not sustainable. sustainable. It gets results, right? It's just like a diet. Like someone can be on a diet for four weeks, right? And they can get the results they want to see, right? But if they don't maintain every day those steps and those foundations and those pillars that got them to that point, they're not going to be able to maintain that body in a sustainable way. They will be going on New Year's diets and summer diets and all of those things. It's the same thing. Yes. There's like practices that need to be put in place and ways of being so that even as my life scales, I'm embodying those ways of being and living. Do you have a, a first or what's your earliest memory of being a person who wanted to go to the most advanced stage as soon as possible? Like, were you a little girl doing that? Yeah. I mean, when I was two, three, four, five, I had a baby doll that I like actually thought was real and was my mm-hmm. child. And I put the baby in a real car seat, a real stroller. Like I actually thought this baby was real. Like if you didn't hold the baby's head, if you did not And that's the only thing I played as a child. I did not play toys, but I was a mom. And so it was like from that moment that I was literally born that I just like wanted to bypass even being a child. Like I wanted to be a full blown adult mother. And then as I grew, I kept, I held that baby probably until sixth or seventh grade until I started to get embarrassed. And then that was when I just started, I put the baby doll away and I started babysitting and making money and spending the money and like creating my own ecosystems. But that it was like that immediately then I was like in the world, like I got to get to LA. I got to get out of here. I got to buy my $300 shoes. Like I have to be an adult. So I never was a kid and I never was it early, you know, in my early twenties. Now I'm at this place where it's like, wow, I, I, I want to be my age, but I have to go back to like, be able to live a little bit more presently as my age. Cause I, I just, I just like rose right up the ladder. What do you think it means to be your age? Another way of asking that is if you were currently your age, how would you know? Um, I think I would have more like less things, less like responsibilities, less physical things, less bills, less um, companies, less furniture, less home space, less car space. Um, and all around less responsibilities. And I think I would be more just like living lighter Mm -hmm. living. And what I mean by that is like traveling, not like the home thing is not like defining me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, businesses are going, but not to the degree they are, you know, like Mm -hmm. I started a very large clothing company, Mm -hmm. not, I didn't do it like 
first step. Let me sell a t-shirt and see if people like it. Like I fully you win. Were, and You weren't at the farmer's market. Like <laughs> no, I wasn't at the farmer's market. Like I fully went in and did like a cut and sew handmade in LA, full blown collect, collection, warehouse, shipping fulfillment, like that kind of vibe. So, you know, and again, it's like these things make me amazing. Like it's like super impressive. And I really hope in my 30s, you know, things have like evened out a little bit and I'm just like, damn, good job. Because in a lot of ways, I am like, good job, you know? I mean, when I when I do even, like I'm proud of myself also for what I've created. And I'm proud, like I'm the first person in my lineage who's done what I've done. So I'm proud in so many ways. And I'm happy and I wouldn't trade it for the world. But I do feel like there's got to be now, after 10 years of putting in this work, right? There's got to be this like balance that comes in. What I, what a, a cool thing that you said, I think you said something, you said something like things to be responsible for. And then you listed off these things, these things that take up a lot of space, a lot of matter, a lot of things that are impacting a lot of people that you have to be responsible for. And my guess is that you're responsible is not just responsible and the same for everyone. If you're operating with a relationship with the idea of responsibility, where it's like, you're doing the same thing that you were doing with real baby doll at two, three years old, like that's a, that's a lot of pressure that I'm hearing a lot of pressure to be responsible for the well-being of all of these things. And then what I heard you say was something about lightness. You're like, I want to experience lightness. So if in my mind, the way, the way my mind works is I'm looking for, okay, what's the internal experience of all of this responsibility? And it's not just one thing. It's, there's probably a lot of love, passion, inspiration, but I'm also guessing that there's a lot of heaviness and a lot of burdensomeness to it too. And then I hear you say, but I want lightness. So I'm like, okay, lightness. And the reason I focus on lightness is because you can know if you are feeling light or not. You can't really know if you're being your age. That's just an intellectual concept, right? Yeah. What, what I'm hearing is that what that means to you is that you, you want to be experiencing more internal lightness. And I think like the the most be one of the most beautiful parts about life, like what it means to be a creative person is you can take all of this capacity that you have to be responsible and to create things. And you can create something new for the world if you want, which is operating at that level with lightness, because that's a pretty new thing. I don't know a lot of people who are operating at a super high level responsible for a lot of things who are doing so intentionally amplifying as much lightness as they possibly can. That's a new thing. Totally. And I feel like I am one of the people who's here to lead that from the bottom of my heart. It's why I feel like this portal of time in my life is so intense because I am being called to be very front centered right now, but I'm also processing a lot, like going through this massive change. And, you know, I talk about the physical body a lot, but it is like, like my physical body is light. I'm tiny. <laughs> the, my soul is like respond, like, like you said, pressure. Like I have pressure. My brain has pressure. I feel pressure, but I do know that 
you know, I ask myself a lot, especially when I have moments where it's just like, why me? Like, why did I do this to myself? Why did I create all of this stuff that's putting so much pressure? But I do feel like there's, I am being called to figure it out, not from running away, but how can I stay in this life? Because for me, like, it's not an option. Like, I'm not going to get rid of what I've created. I'm not going to run from this. I'm going to stay. But it's, it's how can I stay and create a lightness and create a shift in how I'm doing things and how I'm living, how I'm being, how I'm creating. And I know that's part of what I'm here to learn how to do so that I can share it. And I know that. And not to add more pressure to myself, but during this time and going through this portal, it's like, that's part of it. It's like, you can't step away because this is also part of, you know, why you're here. Like, I'm definitely the black sheep in my family. I'd lead the pack in a lot of ways. I'm like a natural born leader. Um, and I know that, that, that lightness shift because it's not being done because if it was, I would love to hear people speak on it. Cause right. I would love to know right now. Yes. I mean, I have been scouring podcasts, books, like, has anyone felt this way? Has anyone had to take these steps and like do these things? Can't find anything. So it's vulnerable. Cause it's like, okay, I'm making like, I have to make life choices right now that are very confronting, but I'm holding that lightness as my vision. Yes. I, I really love that. What I love about this is, um, so lightness is an option like love is an option, like kindness is an option, like fun is an option, like despair and overwhelm and depression and frustration and anger are options. I personally don't see those things hierarchically. I see them as just menu options that are available for us. What we get to do is make conscious choices about the energies that we want to spend our lives practicing. What most people are doing is making an unconscious choice about what energy they want to be practicing. So they, they may have been conditioned to believe that frustration and anger and fear are the most appropriate energies for them to practice. And that has a whole bunch to do like, you know, there's, there's so much involved with that. But they believe that their best access to love, safety and belonging is to be experiencing fear or anxiety or, or pressure. So then that person with that unconscious understanding of the world and the energy they're supposed to practice will create dynamics and relationships and physical environments and a body that is born from the energy of pressure and anxiety and frustration. And if that person wants to choose another option, they can, it will require work to create new environments that are aligned with that energy that they are intentionally choosing. So then what that person gets to do is say, okay, if I, I've, I've been practicing pressure and overwhelm, what I want is lightness. Now my entire life gets to be a practice of lightness. What are my relationships with things that are creating pressure? How am I thinking about this that seems to be creating pressure? How am I speaking about this? What am I doing that's creating pressure? And how can I transform this thing? How can I be creative and transform this relationship so it's one that generates lightness? The way that I see it is like if what you want is lightness or one of the things, then your entire life internally and externally gets to be a devotion to learning about and generating lightness. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, yeah, you're just so, how you explain things is so, there's so many aha moments as you speak, as always. What, is there anything that stood out about that? I mean, just all of it. Like, it's just, it's just more of an integration of what I've been feeling and knowing for sure. Yeah. You know, and the, the, the thing that's come to me so much lately is choice. Like we have a choice, you know, I have a lot of things in my life that are presenting changes that, um, I think are going to be really good for me and really healthy. It's not what I thought I want. I, I, it's not what I attached to myself as this is what I've needed. It's not what's worked for me in the past. Right. It's like lifestyle changes, location changes, different ways of being, letting go of what I thought I wanted things to look like and leaning into what things feel like. Mm -hmm. That is really big right now Mm -hmm. in my life. But it's that word choice keeps coming to me because it's like, I also am being divinely guided. There is like a lot of choices in front of me that are light. They Mm -hmm. are. You're seeing the options for lightness. And I also feel myself questioning, do I want that? Because I haven't lived in lightness. I was never a happy kid. Mm. Never. I really struggled. Like I was like dark room migraine high school girl, you know? I, yeah, no, I, I like happiness. Happiness has not been something that's, that's, that's been a natural state for me at all. Like I, Mm. I really do commend myself for how bright I do show up considering like where I'm kind of from like my natural state and some of that there's new timelines that are in front of me that really do embody lightness. And, you know, I've been making one of those decisions, which is moving. And when I was at the location, I I don't mind talking about because I've been talking about, but Austin, Texas, when I was in Austin two weeks ago to kind of like seal the deal for myself, I was emotional all week, like bawling, which has been great because I haven't cried like my whole life. So like lately I've been crying a lot, which I think is really good. Um, I was bawling and I called my dear, dear friend and he's like, what is going on this week? You know, when you're in Austin, like you, you say like, oh, I'm, I feel good here and I've met so many people there and I can see it. I can see a life for me there. That's light. And it just slipped out of my mouth, but I was like, I'm just so afraid to be happy. And when that came out of my mouth, I was like, oh my God, I have to do this, Mm. you know? And, and that's like, because I can see my life here and what it's been here and I can see the density and the heaviness. And so like I said, the Austin move didn't just like come as an idea in my head. It's like really kind of like the universe is definitely guiding me to that and, and like showing up in the form of people and decisions and opportunities, like you know, it's gentle nudges. And there's that choice. Like, do you follow that and listen to that call? And when I was in Austin, I was like, well, you know, I kind of like, like my dark, like my home. And I like, like that I regenerate, like I can be with myself. And that like, is how I show up the next day. And, you know, I was just seeing like my whole life here, which is not, I wouldn't say like a ton of joy but it's served me. So when I, that came out of my mouth, like, oh, I'm afraid to be happy. I was like, wow, I have a lot of choices right now. Mm. And if I, I can choose light or dark. Mm. 
and not that my life is like dark in a bad way here, but it's just not like light and expansive. Like I, like some of the opportunities there are presenting me with. What I'm hearing is that you may not know who you are. You may not yet know the version of you who's happy. And what I don't. she's like, what she does, what she speaks like, how she feels. The th- you may not know that version yet. Yeah. And I don't. And that's confronting. And, and okay, this is, this is, I really like this. So um, when you think about becoming familiar with the version of you, who's happy, like what, what, what comes up? What, what is that? What, what do you consider? What do you feel? How, how do you see that going? I mean, that's everything I want, right? Like there's like, I think that I really do believe anything's possible because I've really, I mean, I've made it this far and I did not come from any sort of like how I am, how I look, anything like that at all. That is not my background. So I do believe in the power of creation, but it almost feels like slightly impossible. Like how could I after 10 years of living like this or like processing alone, kind of feeling alone, not really like going on trips or like having fun beach days or like, I really want to be a mom, you know, I want to be like in love. Like those are things that I really want. You know, when you've never had them before, it feels like, how is that? How can that happen? How's that possible? Mm -hmm. So it almost feels fr- like when I think of it, I get frustrated because I'm like, just t- like how? Like I like to, you know, skip steps and just be like, show me how and I'll do what it takes to to do it. I'll do anything. That's mm-hmm. something about me. Like you tell me like you do X, Y, and Z and you can have this. I will do it. Like I'm the most disciplined person out there. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's almost daunting and it's unfamiliar. I think that's like the biggest aspect to it. It's completely unfamiliar, but it's also what I've been working for my whole life. Have you ever had an experience where you felt safe to fully express happiness and be happy? No, no. So I've had glimpses, like teensy glimpses. I wouldn't say full expression, but during COVID, when the world shut down, I didn't. And I, um, that summer, it was like kind of this ease thing, right? Because like no one was making money and I had like online business. So I was making money and no one was making money and the world was shut down. There was no pressure. And I, rode the wave a little bit and like made some deals. I got like the St. Regis to put me up in Aspen for a couple of weeks because they had Incredible. no one in exchange for posting. And it was like, I had moments during that time where my friend Sabelle was with me and we would be like eating a meal at a restaurant that was empty. And I had moments or like taking a really long bike ride through the Colorado mountains. And I had moments where I was like, Oh, and that drove me. I mean, that, 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 point in my life drove this journey of intensity of like, I got to create this life. Yes. For sure. Yes. But nothing more than like a few days or like nothing more super embodied. I've definitely like licked it though. Like, yes, I've licked it enough to know. You've taste, you've gotten taste, you've glimpsed it. Your body has, your body's somewhat familiar, but 
sustained as amplified as you might want it to be, you haven't tasted that yet. And yeah. I, so um, as I'm listening to you tell that, as I'm listening to you share that, I'm listening to like, okay, so it sounds like your perception of the environment and the conditions made it so that you had permission to be happier in that mm-hmm. time. And one of the conditions that I'm hearing is like the every like there there are fewer people around and people are doing less. So I'm in this space where I get to expand and take up space. The thing that I'm really hearing or I'm curious about is um like like what it's like when you think about other people watching you be happy is that a safe thing for other people to see you happy that's been something that's really come up lately too because i've had my best launches i've had my best attention on me i've had my best financial stints after a period of being very quiet and dark mm. because my comeback story is very strong so a lot of everything i've created has done well from a pain point story So lately, as I've been creating from a space of like, I have a clothing line that like has frequent launches, I have my wellness body mind business, that's like a steady like that, that goes that's offerings that I share on a daily basis. Those are not like trauma recipes. That's just like what I eat every day, you know? It's been very confronting, because I've had moments where I'm like, do I like, do I have to go dark? Like, I don't want to have to be dark in order to like have a pop, right? Like I want to just be, but I haven't been that person. That's just like been steady and happy, you know, I'm, or like just embodied living a life. It's always like some crazy story and some crazy portal in time. Cause that has been a huge part of my life. It's like what I'm going through again right now. But instead of like go like hiding and then coming out with the story, that's where I'm saying is like, I'm not going anywhere this time because I'm really like, no, I want sustainable. I want to feel worthy of being happy and feeling like I can share and create from that space. But it is confronting and it's, it's, it's difficult to break through that pattern. Because like I said, I think people see my power of a comeback and it, translates. Anything mm. I've launched after a comeback is just like a gold mine. Mm. But it doesn't feel good to my nervous system or my 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 emotions cuz it's like I don't want to have to go through that to survive. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite things, one of the, my favorite things, one of the things that I thought was the most relatable that I ever learned about trauma and addiction was that let's say um let's say you've got a kid who's got shitty parents, negligent. And even the home environment, let's say it's like cigarettes and cans everywhere. And like the fridge is gross, right? So the kid doesn't feel good being at home. The parents are negligent. That kid doesn't do well in school. So all day in school, that kid, you know, he didn't do any of his his homework. So he's nervous about each class and anxious and somehow numbs it and represses it. And he feels stupid in class and doesn't want to get called on. He spends his whole day in a state of anxiety and fear and trying to repress that anxiety and fear. And then he gets home and he's got this two hour window where his parents aren't home. Like they don't get home till five. So all of a sudden there's a little bit of a window of safety for him. And in that window, he gets to be who he wants to be. But what's available to him is to like play video games or to watch porn or to smoke weed or something like that. 
So, and then he does that and he feels super safe. He gets to like be in his space exactly as he is without like worrying about how others are perceiving him and all that. What his nervous system is learning is that in order to get that nourishment in those two hours, he, it requires the depletion of himself. It requires anxiety and repression and depression and numbing in order for him to access that moment of nourishment. So then what his body and his mind, his, what his subconscious will start to do is to optimize for anxiety and depression because that's what his body and his mind have learned are necessary in order to access nourishment. And so unconsciously, then he'll design his entire life around creating pressure, creating stress so that he can get this moment of reprieve and nourishment and then go back into the cycle. And, you know, I, I don't see anything through the lens of good, bad, whatever. I just see, is this thing effectively producing the intended results? So for that kid, if he's watching porn or if he's like playing video games, I'd want to learn about for, from him, you know, what does that experience give you? What's it like to be safe in that space? What does that feel like? And he might say relaxation, relief, groundedness, and all that. And he'd say, okay, so what you want is relaxation, relief, groundedness. Now, what we get to do is take a look at everything in your life and be discerning and ask, is this helping you experience groundedness and relief, or is this actually making it more difficult to experience it? Nothing is good or bad. There's just effective at producing the results. And then that kid would get to like design a life with the intention of groundedness and relief. And if he built a whole environment for himself where it was intentionally created with groundedness and relief, he would no longer need to be addicted to porn or to whatever it is because he's no longer in an environment that's built with anxiety or shame or depression or whatever it is. He's in a different environment now. Yeah, I think that something that really stuck out to me when you were speaking is that we can trauma bond ourselves to things to cope. And then we, like you said, then we attach ourselves with that. Like we have to have that and we have to do that to be safe, grounded, whatever. That's my thing with my house. Like I don't really have a home life. I don't have that. And my parents went through a separation and there is no home for me. There's no home base and there hasn't been, right? So I've attached myself to a home, right? Like I need these nice things. I need it to be this way. I need it to be this environment because I needed, I was searching for like, can something hold me, you know? When you don't feel like you have a home or you have anyone that you can kind of like fall into, that was how I started to cope was like, I will get hyper obsessive about my home and I will work my ass off to make sure I have a home to the highest level I can possibly have. Right. So like you said, it's like almost undoing that. Like, how can I find that safety, that belonging, all of that, not attaching myself to like I trauma bonded with my house. Right, basically. right, right. And then if the, if your house burns up in flames, then your only option or, or the word that you said before choice, maybe in that relationship, the only choice you have is to get your safety or your belonging from this physical thing that you, that's your home, right? Yeah. So then there's an attachment to that thing as the only option for your access to groundedness and safety. And then if your home burns up in flames, like, I mean, obviously that would be horrible to deal with, 
But if your if your home burns up in flames and that is your only option for groundedness and safety, then you're devastated. Your your mechanisms for creating safety have been completely dismantled. And then you step into the space of the unknown where you don't know how to get yourself to be safe when you're when you don't have the things that have formerly made you feel safe available. And I actually find that's the thing that scares people the most. That's why people, I think, really trip out on like MDMA or mushrooms is because people construct all of these people, people create all these flimsy versions of safety for themselves. And I don't mean flimsy in a a shitty way. I just mean, it's not, it's, it's easily breakable. So if a person's version of safety relies on identity or this home right here, or this water bottle, and then they have an experience where they're like, oh, well, I haven't yet considered who I am without that thing. And I'm terrified of considering that I don't know how to navigate that space of unknown while being safe, then my entire life is fucking terrifying. And I have to repress all of that. And then I'll just continue investing in the things that that make me feel safe that don't actually make me feel safe. Yeah. I relate to that so much. Yeah. Me too. I only know that because I've been through that thousands of times. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone, not to generalize, but like we all have our kind of coping mechanisms, whether that's, you know, psychedelics, alcohol, physical things. You know, I think like we all, no matter who you are, we all have things in our lives that um, we've had to learn how to regulate ourselves. We've had to learn how to regulate ourselves. And I think sometimes like through that process, you can do something or grab onto something that serves you. And because I feel like we live in like a survival state naturally, like we're, we're mammals. It's like what, you know, you do, um, you kind of like grasp onto that thing. And then like that becomes a pattern. And then that becomes a story. And it's not necessarily the truth. Like the truth is, is like, yes, this home has like held me for a time in my life that I needed it. And that's a beautiful thing, but it doesn't define me. It doesn't define my future. It doesn't define what I need to do next. Right. Right. And I think that's the hardest thing with change. And that's why so many people have a hard time changing because it's like, well, that thing kept me safe or that thing got me to this point. And I'm afraid to let that go. Because I don't know how to be safe without, without it. it. Yes. And, and the way that I see it, like the reason that I think that learning to be non-attached is the best way of loving and appreciating something. Like for instance, uh, let's say in a relationship, if my relationship is the only, if, is the only option I'm seeing for my access to groundedness or to peace or to love, then I'm operating with terror of that relationship not working out. And if I'm operating with terror of that relationship not working out, then I'm way more likely to desire to control the other person, to steer them in a direction that I think will make it most likely that this relationship works out. So I'm repressing their path so I can make myself feel somewhat comfortable with the idea that this is my only source of love available to me. Whereas if I recognize like, oh my God, this relationship, this home is amplifying my groundedness. It's amplifying my safety. I love this internal experience. And I also know in my bones that I will live the rest of my life practicing an awareness of what I want, which is the internal experience I want and making choices 
that actually are generating those experiences and I'm holding myself accountable to actually doing that, well, then I don't have to be attached to this relationship as my only source of thing of this experience, which means then that I can fully love this person for who they actually are and support them in becoming exactly who they want to be, even if that means that the relationship no longer works out. To me, that I won't say that that's the true way to love someone or to love something, but I will say that it is a way better way of loving someone or loving something. Did you, I know this is, you're interviewing me, but did you have that experience when you got into the relationship you're in now? Like, did yeah. was it confronting for you in any way? Um, so here's how it was confronting with Emily. Um, so, he, okay. So I experienced anxiety in the beginning of our relationship because I realized that every other relationship that I'd ever been in, my version, my safety was knowing that I could do better if I wanted to, mm. but I couldn't actually have done better because I wasn't the person yet who could have done better. And I was making a choice that didn't align with how I wanted to see myself, but I hadn't yet committed to creating my external reality in a way that matched how I perceived myself internally. So what I used to do in a lot of relationships was like, keep myself safe by thinking that I could do better. And then like developing resent or spite for the towards the other person. And then what I noticed myself doing was like, controlling them and trying to make them the person that I thought that or that I needed them to be so that they could then give me permission and help me to become who I wanted to be. So I did that. I could see myself doing that in all these relationships. And then with Emily, there's this woman like, I mean, so smart, so creative, so capable, so beautiful, like incredible taste and style. And it was, I think it was really for the first time in my life where I was with someone where I was like, oh, fuck. Like if some dude who's, I'm 6'1", but if some guy who's 6'3", and who makes more money than I do, who's like better looking than I am, like if he comes along, like he might be a better option for her. And, and, and that option is available for her. And I had never had that experience before. Um, so there, there was some anxiety with that. Um, and then Emily is a fantastic communicator and we just communicated really honestly through all of that stuff. And then over time I learned to trust that like, oh, there's actually something really special and extraordinary about me. And she's choosing me for, she knows what she wants. I am the thing that she wants. She is, I'm, I can trust that this person is aware of what she wants and she's making a choice that aligns with what she wants. And then from there, we just kind of built on that. Um, and then I think we're, we're probably both in a place where we'd be devastated if the other person died, which is actually something we joke about all the time. She says that she'll haunt me if she dies, um, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. Um, but, but I also think that our relationship and our love is built on this non-attachment. Like she knows that with or without me, she's going to be the person she wants to be. Mm -hmm. And I know that too. We make it easier for each other and more fun. But we also both know that with or without this relationship, we will both become who we want to be. Well, you guys are both as individuals 
you guys are both whole pieces of the pie. You know, I think that you, you both have a wholeness to you. And that's something that I tell myself all the time, like this process that I've been in through my childhood and through my twenties. And what I'm moving through right now is like, I really like, I am a whole, you know what I mean? And I think there's something so beautiful about entering a relationship as a whole versus a half, you know, because what a powerful place you can be in and what a powerful love you can have when you both know, just like you said, like, I'm okay with or without you. I'm going to be me, but life, I choose you because it makes life juicier. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really fun to be able to actually love a person for exactly who they want to be without trying to control them. My whole life, I've been trying to control people. Like at dinner parties, someone says something that makes me cringe and I like, I like hold on to it forever. And then like probably say something mean about it later on. You know, it's just, it's just really beautiful to have this experience of fully loving who a person is and whoever it is that they want to be, because there's not attachment to needing them to be a, a particular person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You um you said earlier that some people in your life say to you uh oh my god when you start speaking about sex it's going to blow the world's mind. <laughs> yeah. Can would you do feel comfortable sharing some preliminary ideas on sex and your perspective on sex? Well, I think I'm just a very like I'm a very plutonic person. So everybody in my life, like I lead the way, right? And I have some people in my life that I'm like, I can't believe you stick this journey out with me because I am plutonic. And like the things, I don't necessarily talk about like details of some of the stuff that happens, but like I play like big money cards and I play like, like I will be on the deathbed where people will just be like, I don't know how you're going to come out of it. And then like at the last moment, I will like rocket up into the sky. Yes. And so I have people in my life that it's kind of like a sick addiction, right? Like they like really like stick it out with me. And they like, when I'm like on my all time high, I can tell they fuel up on my juice, my creativity, my ideas, my, my energy. And I have people in my life that are like addicted to it. Cause I, again, I go through times where I'm just like, I can't believe you're sticking this out with me. Interesting. And, um, I just, I know I'm powerful. Like I said, like I am an extremely powerful person. And I think that, you know, when you're in that energy of, of sex and like money and like that kind of like power, that kind of like deep expression, right? I mean, I know I'm the person to like, like it's going to take a little bit of cracking on my end because I definitely have this like seriousness to me and stoicism a little bit, but like that is coming down. And the more that comes down and I think the more like open I am, I just know that that's a massive unlock. And I know that that combined with the power that I already hold and I can see it everywhere. I mean, I could make anything a thing. Like mm -hmm. I can make, say like this piece of plastic that I'm holding in my hand right now that I just picked up from the floor is like the coolest thing ever and will transform your life. And within a month, this piece of, like everyone will want the piece of plastic. So I've done that time and time again in my life. Yes. And I just know that that power locked into the energy of sex, ooh, 
And I'm also like the kind of person who I'm, I'm brave. So I am, I've been like one of the most controversial women in the food and health and wellness space three years ago. I mean, I was like cover of daily mail, cosmopolitan, you know, like little girl claims that da, 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 da. Like I was controversial. Like my name on TikTok ain't like, it ain't walks in the like, People <laughs> talk about me on TikTok from like something I said like four years ago. Right. So yes. Like I have like a trending hashtag on TikTok. I'm like, who are you? But, um, it's, you know, so I just know, like, I have no, I'm, I am like the kind of person who's like, oh, I will openly talk about it, you know? And I just know, I've known, I've known for years that like, that's gonna, my work will go in that direction. And I think everything's like, um, a stepping stone because right now I really share, about like nutrition and and stuff like that, but it's all for, so women can feel comfortable in their bodies. And like, I feel very confident and comfortable in my body. And when I receive feedback from women, it's like, that's what I help them do as feel comfortable and confident in their bodies through their food choices and stuff. And I think, you know, as along the lines with sex and all of that, when you feel comfortable in your body, you are capable of anything. I think like when you're comfortable in your body, especially in that realm, you can be as powerful as you want to be. So mm. I do know that my line of work is like leading to that time as well. Um, and like the first stepping stone is that in that is like getting comfortable with yourself. Got it. Okay. And, and so what you're seeing is that as far as we know, in the human experience, sex is one of the highest expressions of power mm-hmm. in terms of like your relationship with your body. Like, just, actually, just one of the highest expressions of power, the, the most powerful ways of generating power is through sex. And so you're, what you're saying is like, you are inviting women to come, come into this process of developing this deep sense of comfort with their bodies, this deep sense of empowerment, continuing that comfort, continuing the empowerment. And ultimately we get to arrive in this space where we get to use sex as a practice of the, the highest amount of power possible. For sure. And I think it's an experience, right? Like I think that my work and what I like to share and how I live my life is like the human body it's fascinating and not just the human body, but the human soul. Like this is a fascinating journey. I mean, I even share like breath work and different practices that like I've actually used and use on a daily basis to change my state. And I, I don't know if I've ever said this out loud, but like I, you know, this like life, like this life that we wake up and live every day, it's not like the places I've reached through breath work, through like closing my eyes, through for, through since I was young, I just like felt things and knew things. And, you know, that's like more real to me than like this physical life, like 10 a.m. I have to open my computer and all of that. Like, and, you know, I'm learning more and more how to share openly about that. But I'll just call it spiritual, like a, like spiritual practices for right now. But like that world is my world. I'm more comfortable in that world. That world is what I perceive as real, like the real human experience. Everything is like energy, like the places we can tap without psychedelics. It's insane, right? And so for me and like sex, even in like what I practice on my own with myself, it's like it's you're tapping other dimensions within your body. And like that I know is how I'm going to share the lens, not just like find a guy, feel comfortable in your body. Yeah. And like do the damn thing. Yes. It's like, no, like there's like other dimensions and places 
and frequencies to go, if that makes any sense. Of course it does. Yeah. I mean, it's like if you, there are these, there are these spaces available for you to evolve and to transform your consciousness and to evolve and transform your human experience. And here's how to do them. If you want that, here's how to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm going to go with it. I, I what you know what I find I find a f- many things refreshing and energizing and so enjoyable about speaking with you. Not once, at least that I can remember through this conversation, have you been like, "Oh, well this is what the research says about this." My least favorite thing is people there's a version of using research that's like very interesting and compelling and valuable. And there's a version of using research as a way of signaling authority. What I love about you is that you, your, you see your experience as your authority. You use your experience and your story as the material to evoke insight, to inspire, to inform. And not only are you doing that, you are willing to be incredibly honest with an audience about things about yourself that probably a lot of people would be afraid of be afraid of sharing relationship with money, the truth about like wanting to appear certain ways with having a house and all that shit. And I, I appreciate it so much because it takes an immense amount of courage to be able to do something that our conditioning has told us gets you to be rejected if you do it. Oh, that if that's true about you, that makes you a horrible person. You're willing to say the things about yourself that we've all been conditioned to think would make us be perceived as a horrible person, which then invites other people to be more truthful with themselves about the shit that's actually true about them. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the best things about getting to be a therapist and and being a person who's just like highly curious and highly aware of my own experience like I know the human psyche really, really, really well. There is not a single thing that someone could tell me that I would be shocked by or would surprise me. And like everyone thinks the craziest shit and they all think that they're not supposed to think that stuff. But it's the person who's honest with themselves about it and who owns it and communicates the truth of it with the rest of the world. Like that seems to be the person who is. Uh, let's, I, I don't know, let's say the most empowered. I agree because when you are in your truth, there's nothing that not nothing like the truth will that saying the truth will set you free is, is the truth. Like when you are fully in your truth, it's why I'm even saying like, it's time to sober up with, with how I'm living. Like I got to fully be in my truth because there's nothing that can hurt you when you're in your truth, you know? Yeah. And I I really appreciate that you said that thing about like just embodying my life experience and not saying the research. And I think when I first came into the public eye, that was, that was the backlash I got is like, who are you to talk about food in this way? Who are you to talk about the body in this way? Where is the science data and research? And at the time it was very like, I was always like that as a kid too. Like when we would test in school, I would be like, this doesn't make sense. Like, I really don't understand this. I get that this is what we're supposed to learn and memorize, but like, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know how I would apply it to my life. And like, therefore I would choose to flunk the test. 
That is like how I, that's like always how I've been. And I tried for a little bit to like appease the crowd and be like, here's this art, but it's not me, you know, it's really not me. And like, what even is that research, you know? And like, we are all individual human beings having a life experience. And I think the beauty of being able to just like share from a raw open space is it's like the people that my experience resonates with can come along on this journey with me. And should I have someone that like spoke about some of this stuff in this way, I would be like licking their toes. I would love it. Like I would appreciate it when anybody lets their guard down and speaks open and honestly, I'm like, I want to marry you. Like, let's yeah. be friends. It's it's so interesting because we we operate with all these, all these fears about revealing the truth of ourselves. And I think, you know, a lot of I, th- I think it's it's the journey that all of us are on. It's the journey that I'm on. You've described being on this journey. It's like there there's like there's a level of develop developing comfort with with our hearts being exposed, like the truth of how we actually feel, what we're afraid of, the truth of who we are. There's something about that where we just we're terrified of sharing those things because we think it means we're going to get rejected. But in the funniest way, it's the person who's the most willing and able to do that, who attracts the most people. That person belongs the most. There's something very interesting about like when when I think I think what it communicates is that I have abundant access to internal resources if i am if i can be this honest with you i am communicating that i have access to abundant resources but those resources are not necessarily money or whatever Th- that re- those resources are internal energetic experiences of what whatever it is courage honesty love and then people are like oh this being this entity has access to an abundant of, abundance of resources i want to be near them because I want those resources and I want to learn how to get those for myself. It's it's a, such an interesting thing, like the the courage to be truthful about the good, the bad, the ugly, the dark of what's happening internally seems to be the thing that creates the most amount of power and the highest level of attraction. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I mean, honest, I, again, I, I know I said it, but honesty is the key. I mean, and, and it's the key to attract what you want. That, that, that's the truth. Like the most aligned relationship and you have to be your most aligned self. A hundred percent. I, so funny when Emily and I started dating, I was speaking to my sister right before, and we were kind of like speaking about, cause I've spent a lot, I spent a lot of my life hiding parts of myself, not knowing how you, you spoke about choice before it, the choice wasn't even available to me to show my full self. I didn't even see that that was available what a lot of my life has been about is learning that that choice is there and learning how to choose that choice to show my full self. And there were some parts of that when I was starting to date Emily that were still pretty new. One of those things was just like telling the truth, the full truth of who I am when dating a person, not presenting myself as like the perfect, the perfect person, but actually understanding that telling the full truth is perfection. So it's so funny because Emily always makes this makes fun of me how like on our first date, 
I presented like 27 red flags. I did so many things <laughs> that you're not supposed to do. I told her, I was like, oh, I'm still living with my ex-girlfriend and I'm supporting her. She finds another house to live in and, and figures out a job. I've cheated on ex-girlfriends before. I've done this. I've done this. I'm crazy in this way. I've done this. And like, I, I can't recommend that as a strategy for everyone, but it did work out in this but case. But it would work for me. And, and Emily... I think that her and I are real ones. Like I see that in her, we, you know, we're both from the Midwest and I think her and I value the same things. And if a guy said all those things to me on the first date, I would be like, I am interested in you. Right. <laughs> there's like something about that. That's such a power move. It's like, you're putting it all out on the table. And you're also like, you love yourself enough to put it all out on the table. You are not in shame. And that's like the ultimate confidence to me. Like I want a man who's confident. I want a man who knows who's honest, right? If you're doing that on the first date, amazing. I think that like most relationships, even friendships, business relationships, the thing that trips me up the most is, is not being honest. And like my number one thing in life is integrity and truth and honesty. If you are not honest with me, I really don't want you around me. That's like mm -hmm. how I am. Yes. And I run a very tight ship in that way. So I think like a lot of, you know, the standard red flag of a guy to me is someone who doesn't say those things. And then you're always wondering like, why are you not letting me come over to your house? You know, oh, because you're living with your ex-girlfriend. Like if someone said <laughs> that to me up front, I'd be like sold. Amazing because you're honest. I love that. Yeah. It's the honesty that you value. It's yes. not necessary because the, the, you know, the energy that I was coming into that with was like, Hey, I, here are the mistakes that I've made. Here are the, the decisions that I've made, the things that I've done. And at the time they were probably the best that I could do, but they don't align with who I want to be. Here's who I want to, and here's who I want to be. I know that being ashamed of those things from my past or who I have been or who I still am makes it more difficult for me to become who I want to be. So I'm going to bring those things to, to the light. I'm going to tell you who I want to be. And then over time, I'm going to execute and I'm going to show you that I'm a person who's actually capable of being who I say I want to be. And to me, that's, that's the thing that I really value in all relationships is does who you want to be inspire me? Like, do I love your vision? And also, do you execute, which may be the harder thing to do? Are you actually a person who's going to do what you say you're going, to, you're do going to do in order to bring your vision to life? Yes. Well, it's the same exact thing you said to me about you were like, I, you spoke so honestly this whole time. And that is this, it's the same, it's the same exact thing. It's like, I'm very honest. I'm very real. I'm going to implement what I need to do. And it's the same exact thing that you just, you just said too on your first date. And like you do change and nothing is sexier in a human than someone who's willing and, and can admit where their faults are and adjust. Like and that adjust. to me is hot as fuck. Yes. The adjustment is the thing. The adjustment yeah. is the thing. Because otherwise it then just becomes like, trauma bonding and emotional dumping. The question is really, are you going to adjust? Yes, yes that's exactly. The choice. That's where it's like, like I said, like I'm moving through change and it's a choice. If I don't make the different choices, then I can't even complain. A hundred percent. So I got to like make these choices 
Because otherwise I can't sit here and talk about these things if I'm not going to make some different choices. You know, I, I am the only person who did this to my life. Really, like I did not need to to launch the clothing line at the level I did. I do not need to be living in a three-bedroom house in the suburbs. I do not need to be driving the car I've driven. Like those are choices that I've made that I have to own. Mm-hmm. You know? If to me, if you want to produce different results what seems to be the most powerful thing to do is to say everything that I've experienced in my life, I have chosen, attracted, or have been attracted to, which obviously can get murky when it comes to really horrific things happening. I'm a person who's, I've, I've experienced some pretty horrific things. I personally choose to apply that perspective even to the worst things that I've experienced. So I'm not saying that recommending or suggesting that any, that everyone has to do that. What I'm saying is that I do that for the worst things that I've experienced and it sets me up to be in the the most empowered position to say, okay, here's how I've internalized these wounds and the pain as a result of this thing. What's the most probable likely trajectory of these wounds and this internalization? So if I don't change anything about this wound internally, what's likely going to end up in my life? How's this likely going to turn out? And do I like that result? If I like that result, then there's nothing to change. However, if I don't like that result, then I get to come up with a different result and then hold myself accountable to producing that. So I really like what you're saying. And I really agree with it from experience. I've seen it work better than anything else from my own experience. I really believe that we are not given, like we are only handed the cards that we actually can hold. Like that, nothing is an accident. And I believe that. And I, I agree with you to that regard. Like, should I not have had the, the lessons I'm having around money right now are enabling me to learn about it on a deeper level so that I can be a better business owner so that I can be a better partner so that I can live in a healthier way. Is it fun lessons when you're talking hundreds and thousands of dollars and a nervous system that like literally you know, it hurts. No, it's not fun. I have like a very deep mom wound. Is it fun? You know, no, I am not enjoying myself with that. But like, am I aware at the things I need to do as a mother to experience that bond? And also for my future kids? Yes. And like, had I not had these things, then would I have known that, you know, 100%. You know, another thing, what, what I like to think about and and you know this this might this might simply be a rationale that makes it easier to do it but i also think it's a beautiful perspective you know most of the let's say most of the western world has been conditioned to be ashamed of money whether they're making a lot of money whether they're making no money whether they're in hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt people practice a, an immense amount of shame as it relates to money so I think that one of the things that you are doing in, in your bold and courageous decision to transform your relationship with money is model to the world a different energetic relationship with money, uh, something that's different than what most people practice. And the way that I see that is like, if you are, the, if you are one of the people who are choosing to transform 
shame and embarrassment and guilt and fear into love, then you're, you're, you're part of what makes it easier for everyone else to do that too. And eventually the river just forms and then the water flows. But like it, it takes some people who are bold enough and honest enough to be able to say like, no, I've been ashamed of it. Here's the truth of it, but I'm going to bring this to the light and I'm going to change it. Yeah. I mean, that's a power move. And you just reflecting that back to me is it it puts me in the power seat. You know, I mean, we are, I, again, I've had so many moments because I mean, I have never talked this candidly about it, but like I've played with money and I'm not talking like little money. Like I've played with money, money that's not my own money that I owe back to, you know, things. And it's not that I don't make money. I make money. But since I've played with such big money, it goes in and out. And like the money is like in multiple different situations right now. It's not mm-hmm. like in my bank account. Yeah. Like here <laughs> yeah. and there and there. And it's overwhelming. But again, you don't get that kind of money unless you are a frequency match in some capacity for it. Because we do live in a 3D world. Like, you know what I mean? And so I have been a frequency match for what I've been able to get. Yes. I, you can't hack the system in that way. So there's moments where I'm like, you are a frequency match for what you have going on. And you need to like figure that out and not let the like largest of it, largeness of it scare you, but figure it out, make adjustments so that you can be in the power seat with it. Like fully be in the power seat and not let the overwhelm of it put you in a state of shame. Like I did this. Shouldn't I have done this? Like shoot, you know, it's more so like, okay, I'm a frequency match in some regard to this. And I know that I'm going to transmute this and I'm going to show the universe that I'm going to make different choices. I'm going to learn about it. I'm going to get comfortable with it. I'm going to speak about it. That's another thing. Like I never wanted to talk about this stuff because on the outside, I'm like, just look like you're crushing it. Like you got the clothing line, you got the house, you got the car, you live in LA, just like keep it up girl. But I'm at this place where I'm like, no, no, because it's not the truth. And I want to be free. Is my shit high level? Yes. Are my clothing 100% eco-cycle, 50% organic, like blah, blah, blah? Yes. Is the branding insane? Yes. Is it like, like, is my food stuff the most high level food brand you could have? Absolutely. Fuck yes. But like the truth is, is also this at the same time. So if I'm not in that truth, then how is this stuff going to really take off in the way I want it to? Which to me sounds like an evolution and an upgrade on what it means to be crushing it. Yeah. What I'm hearing, what I'm hearing is crushing it doesn't mean show these things that I think will make pe- people perceive me as a high level person. What 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 I'm hearing is you saying what my new version of crushing it is is yeah, show the things that indicate that I'm super next level, highly competent, can create incredible things. And part of that truth is the shit that I struggle with. Here's what, so what to me, like this is my version of crushing and what I hear you saying, what crushing it is, is showing the fullness of who you are. Just allowing the truth of everything to be there and to be the one who's bold enough and confident enough to say like, yes, this is me. And I can, I know that I can share all of this about me and I know you're still going to love me and want to like interact and engage with my brand. 
For sure. I mean, this is the kind of stuff I want to hear. Yeah. You know, I look at people all the time on Instagram and I'm like, how are you doing that? I'm sure people think the same about me. How are you doing it? You know? Yes. I'm like, how are you doing it? And it is messy. And like, especially in the beginning of business, I think like it can take years for a company to be like in a really, you know, state of, of health, like until you get to a certain point, but also part of crushing it. And this is kind of what I'm owning is I have a, I have good, good close friends, right? They're all talented and beautiful and witty and kind and all of that but no one has taken leaps like I have. And no one has had the balls that I've had to play with the money I've played to do what I've done. And there's some part of me too, that's like, that's part of crushing it. Like there's so many people who don't try what I've tried and like, yes, there's pressure and yes, there's pain and yes, it's hard. But like, at least I have had the balls to try and give it my all. Yes. And that's and crushing it too. That is a hundred percent crushing it. You push yourself far beyond your your zones of comfort. Yeah. And beyond. then you come back to the rest of the world and you tell us what that's about and you like produce beautiful products as a result of doing that. Yeah. That's why I said like said someday like the sex and the money thing will be like because I'll I'll do the same thing with that, you know? Yes. Like I'm so wanting to like learn about money right now and like health and vitality with money and like that's I just that's I'm going to push myself. I'm going to change everything about myself to learn about that. I love that. Before we wrap up, do you have anything that feels really exciting or important to share? I think ultimately just being really committed to being here, to being here and to sharing the things that I'm sharing and to be um, committed to that, right? Like committed to this is, this is my life and my journey. And like I said in the beginning, like I'm here and I'm going to show up in all seasons. And I think I'm just, I'm embodying my full truth, but I'm also being the human that I want to be, I want other people to be, you know, in this like rawness and realness and all of that. So that feels really good. And these life adjustments that I'm making as far as like moving and changing different things about my life while still like maintaining and growing everything I'm doing. Um, I'm excited for it. I mean, it's uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable and moving is uncomfortable and all of that, but I'm excited for it too, because I do feel like, I mean, I've never lived through a time in my life like I am right now, you know, like things are really changing, really changing and it's hard, but in a good way. And I'm excited to see what's on the other side of it. Well, what's really beautiful. So, so one of the principles that I operate with is that, uh, at any, in any given moment, our perception of the options available is directly related to the state that our nervous system is in. And it is the perception of the options available over time that really allow us. It's, so let me actually go back a little bit. So if I perceive for there to be an abundance of nourishing options, in this moment right now, in this moment that I'm in right now, I'm sitting in this room, there's this microphone in front of me, we're speaking on this podcast. 
I could be operating with the options of, I need to appear brilliant. I need to appear smart. I need to impress Kenzie. That's my only option for safety. If I only have one option for safety, my body will be in a fear state and I'll come off as less brilliant and I'll relate to you not as well. Whereas if I perceive for there to be an abundance of options available to me, if I can express myself in almost infinite ways, then I'm relaxed and I'm grounded and I'm enjoying this experience and I'm having fun. And that's the thing that makes it more likely that I'm perceived a particular way and that you and I are able to develop a particular relationship. So that makes sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so the, the perception of the availability of options and what I'm so excited for you in, in it, regarding the next steps in your process is that you're, you're opening your eyes up to more of the options that are available to you and making you're seeing more clearly what's there and you're making clearer choices about what you actually want and are choosing what you actually want as you are simultaneously choosing to do difficult and uncomfortable things. That is baller energy. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. I'm going to just re-listen to that when I need a cool. little juice. <laughs> <laughs> a, little, a little pep. Well, I just love our friendship so much. I love being in each other's lives. I appreciate who you are and your boldness and your courage and your creativity, your high levelness so much. Uh, I, I just, I appreciate you immensely. So thank you for being on here. Yes. I appreciate you too. Really thank do. You. I love our relationship and our friendship. It's me been too. so special. For me too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Another conversation that left me feeling so energized and excited. I really enjoyed myself. I imagine that you heard that in me. I was really flowing with the questions, really curious to learn more about Kenzie's internal experience. Kenzie is, which I'm sure you just heard, she's incredibly skilled at communicating the truth of her experience. I find it so inspiring. Uh, to listen to the things that Kenzie is willing to speak about. The truth behind the veil that most people are not willing to be so honest about. I think that is incredible. The boldness of showing the full picture, I really think is one of the key ingredients to healing and changing the way the world and the way that we want to. And the fact that Kenzie is leading the charge in that while also being incredibly aspirational, creating meaningful, beautiful things. I just love it so much, Kenzie. I'm so grateful and appreciative to be friends with you. Thank you so much. We are super invested into actually creating results for people. If you're a podcast listener, if you're part of our membership, if you're a client, we want you to have an extraordinary experience. We want you to know that you belong here and that you contribute to the whole and we really want you to benefit from the whole. If you submit a review or a testimonial of this podcast, you will be entered into a pool and we will randomly pick one person to win two 30-minute sessions with me, which is about a $1,500 value. We'll be exploring who you want to be and what your current obstacles are, and you'll be coming away from this experience with clarity on how to dissolve those obstacles and step into your expansiveness in a bolder way. Not only is your review grounding and energizing and motivating for us, it's also helpful for other people who might be kind of like you, who might also benefit from engaging with my content or listening to this podcast. 
So please leave a review. It is helpful for us in many, many ways. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you.